This is episode 58 on the Millennial Life School podcast on how to process pain and suffer well with Bonnie Kim. What's up, guys? Welcome to the Millennial Life School podcast, where it's all about inspiring and encouraging 20 to 30-something-year-olds as we figure life out together. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Millennial Life School Podcast. Today, I want to ask you guys this question. How would you describe the past couple of weeks in one word? Because for me, I think one of the words that comes into my mind when thinking about the past few weeks is heartbreaking. I feel like as I'm getting older and older, I'm realizing how broken this world is. So the question that we'll be exploring in this episode of the Millennial Life School podcast is, in a world full of brokenness, war, injustice, and sickness, can we still love, dream, and be happy? This was a question that I was asking myself and thinking about how to process everything that's going on. You know, you see all these photos of war and people dying in Ukraine and just hearing about people getting sick, you know, people getting cancer or hearing about friends, parents passing away. And, you know, this world really is so broken and it's not easy living in this world. So as I'm trying to process everything that's all the news, you know, of like what is going on in the world around us, I wanted to record this episode on like how to process everything that is going on. But I had some trouble trying to think about this and trying to come up with what to say in this episode. So I decided to invite my good friend, Bonnie Kim. She was actually a guest on my podcast on episode 13. I'll include the link to the interview that I did with her. But she's also a coach and... You know, I wanted to have her on and just talk about this and record this episode of how we are processing everything that's going on and asking these questions of like, how do we love in this place where it feels so hard at times? How do we process pain and suffering? So this episode was really just us processing everything that's going on. And man, this episode was really good. So I'm excited for you guys to listen in on this conversation. So we'll just dive right in. This is Millennial Life School Podcast with Karen Kiron Han. Okay, say something. Test, test. One, two, three. One, two, three. Figaro. Figaro, figaro. <laughs> okay. 
Um, <laughs> oh my gosh, please don't put that in there. No, I am for no. sure going to put that in there. Please don't put that in there. No, people need to hear this. Okay. Your then beautiful I, voice. Well, I want to <laughs> actually sing properly then, not... Okay, go for it, Bonnie. <laughs> what is that song that you always sing? Um, no. <laughs> please just give us like 10 seconds. It just says introduction. <laughs> What's an appropriate song for this? Um, these um, trying oh times, God. these challenging yeah, times. Yes. Please um, <laughs> sing us a song that would be the nice background music to like loop in this podcast. Oh <laughs> um, What's a good song for like hope in a time of darkness? Um, you raise me up. <laughs> So like it. Mm, that's gonna make, make, yeah, keep singing. <laughs> keep singing and I'll, I'll be crying here. <laughs> you raise me. <laughs> no, 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 you got it. You raise me up so I can stand on mountains. No, I have to say this very calmly because this is like an opera song <laughs> sung by a man. Okay. Like, how about how about we we go back to the song at the end of the podcast? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, this whole thing might be just <laughs> me trying to sing this Josh yeah. Groban song. Or I gotta have you back on the podcast again next time. <laughs> um, but uh, hey guys, welcome back to another episode on the Millennial Life School podcast. I have here in the studio with me Bonnie Kim. She was also on this podcast before. I think it was like episode, I forgot what episode. But um, we talked about rewiring your brain. So Bonnie, welcome back to the Millennial Life School Podcast. Yay! How does it feel? Hello, hello. Um, it feels fantastic because we are in a very comfortable space mm-hmm. and it's not a uh, Zoom yeah. like last time. Mm-hmm. No, I was Zoom. in Chicago, you were in California. That's right. And we are now live. Yes, in California. Sunny Southern California. Oh, yeah. In my living room. Cozy, sitting on a sofa. Super cozy. Sharon made an amazing bowl of food full of nutrients and vitamins. Kale, <laughs> rice noodles, sweet potato. Delicious. Delicious. It's, it's been good. So now with the full stomach and tummy, um, we want to record this episode. So guys, like this episode, I was actually like, This whole week, I've been thinking about what I want to talk about on this podcast, but honestly, like since the war that's going on, like honestly, since that's been happening, I feel like my heart has been so heavy, and in thinking about what to record on this podcast, I had such a hard time because I'm like, my gosh, like I just feel so heartbroken. I don't know what I want to say and what message I want to put out there in the podcast world. And so I've been really thinking about this and I thought it would be really good for me to have a friend like Bonnie along with me on this podcast episode. And so just so we can talk about like how we're processing everything, what's been going on. And I feel like one thing that's been 
just like brewing in my heart is just like man like this world is so broken this world is so dark and there's so many broken dreams and murder war and all these you know terrible things that's going on in this world but in the midst of all the darkness in the midst of all the brokenness like how can we still choose to love like in the midst of all the broken dreams can we still dream and in the midst of all these like hopelessness it seems like how can we still have hope like how do we live life even though we know this world is so freaking broken and you might just wake up one day and overnight like you know someone might be invading your country and bombs you know falling everywhere like knowing the reality of how like you know how hard life is to put it simply like how can we still rejoice and how you know how are you processing everything bonnie and we just want to share share our thoughts of how we're processing things and how we're navigating through living this world that can sometimes feel so hopeless. So that's my intro, <laughs> long intro <laughs> for this podcast episode. Um, so Bonnie, I just want to ask you, like, you know, I look up to you and of like my mentor as a, as a friend, as a sister in Christ, and as someone who has, you know, many more life experiences than me. And I know that you have some crazy stories. You've been through some insane, crazy, um, hurricane-like events in life. <laughs> um, and like, Knowing, you know, a little bit about your story and all the chaotic moments in your life, like how do you go through life when things just seem really hard? Mm. Cry mm. a lot. <laughs> but seriously, um, mm. I think... <laughs> mm. I guess it really, well, the human part of me, and mm. I think most people is, you know, you deal with the pain in the common ways, um, which is to go through all of the emotions that come with it. Mm-hmm. Um, like really feeling the emotion. Yeah. Um, but I think, I think there came a point in my life where mm-hmm. you're at a point where you have just so much accumulated pain, mm-hmm. and then you just question everything. Now, is life worth living? Does any of this matter? Mm-hmm. Why does it have to be this hard? And I'm sure there are people who are going through a lot of that right now during the war too. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think something happens when you decide to accept that suffering is always going to be part of life. And once you make that decision, it doesn't necessarily lessen 
the intensity of suffering, but it at least gives some comfort in helping to make some sense that as long as we live on this earth, it will always come with it, the brokenness and the weight and the intensity of Mm -hmm. pain and suffering. But ultimately, I can choose to make decisions that will cause the suffering or choose to take actions that will bring maybe discomfort and suffering on my life because I'm choosing something that's beneficial and helpful in some ways. Mm -hmm. Um, Between Russia and Ukraine, you can also see that the resilience of the people, the Ukrainian people, Mm -hmm. and even the president um, taking a bold stand to say, I'm willing to suffer for my country. It Mm -hmm. has just sparked a whole new sense of courage in people mm. and individuals feeling inspired. Yeah. So I, again, that's an example of someone to choosing to suffer and risking their life. And that naturally then brings about hope and other positives in, in the world. Yeah. No, um, I think with everything that's going on, like one thing that I've been feeling quite inspired by is like President Zelensky and his leadership in a way, like his story of basically he was, you know, like a comedian, an actor, and he had this like TV show about being a teacher who becomes a president. And then he like runs as a president and like, I'm like, dang, like that's so, that's so interesting. Like his story of like how he became the president that he is today and just like how he is leading the country and being bold and being brave and saying like I'm gonna stand here I'm not running away I'm gonna fight and I'm not fleeing my country I think that was so inspiring for me to just like see in the midst of like everything that's going on. And it really made me think and reflect a lot like this week about like, what's what makes a leader great? And if you think about all these examples of great leaders, these leaders, I feel like they're not great because like, you know, they made a lot of money or all that stuff. But I think when I think about all these examples of great leaders, Leaders are the ones who are willing to sacrifice the most. And I think that really is what makes a leader great. Like a person who is willing to sacrifice and willing to, in a way, like lay down his life for the sake of other people. And, you know, you can look at it in like history of like great leaders, like Jesus laid his life down for his people. And it's like President Zelensky, him too, he's like, he made a sense. He's like, I'm going to be here. And because he's choosing to be there, he's choosing to fight, he's choosing to not give in, you know, that might, that might cost him his life. But it's like inspiring, not just Ukrainians, but the world is inspired by that. As opposed to like other, you know, leaders who are just, I feel like they're just acting out of their own like rapaciousness of this like 
greedy need for power or things like that and it's just like oh okay are you leading for your own gain or are you leading with the heart of servanthood in it all like i've been inspired by leaders like that and in some ways like these hard times these hard times is what's gonna birth great leaders it's gonna be the thing that births great people and like strong people will be able to build a better future yeah totally agree but i i really love Mm. how it's only going to be challenging times or dysfunction or suffering that brings about the opportunity Mm -hmm. for individuals, each one of us to step up to the plate. And it's almost like it's part of the formula, whether, whether we like it or not, it's, it's going to happen. It's just Mm -hmm. the way human nature works, just Mm -hmm. the way that um, brokenness causes these, um, these times where it becomes this catalyst for people, mm. even the people who are hidden, who might never take a stance, who might be shy or in the background yeah. or even introverted, never think of themselves as somebody that can be part of the solution. It gives way an opportunity to then step into this other powerful aspect mm. of how God has created them to be yeah, and gives them that opportunity to do that. And in that experience, can experience a part of um, God's power, a part mm. of God's transformation, and even your own confidence and breakthrough. Yeah. But it had to come from a problem, though, yeah. of suffering. Yeah. Right? You know, like, um, as you're talking, this thing just, like, hit my heart <laughs> of, like, recognizing, like, I think pain is one of the strongest motivators of human nature. It's the pain and suffering that really motivates people and pushes people to the next level. It's like, yeah, because I'm like thinking about my life and everything. And if I feel like, oh, like everything was so easy and convenient and perfect and there is no suffering I feel like I yeah like if I think about that I feel like I would actually be the most depressed and just I would I would lose I would not know the meaning of life because it's there's something about sadness that makes you actually appreciate happiness. Yeah. And there's something about pain that makes you appreciate joy. So like even when I think about like what I do, I know I talked about this in another episode too, but I feel like I'm so set and focus on living and trying to live my life to the fullest and helping and encouraging other people to also live their life and 
what that would look like for them to live their life to the fullest because I'm so aware that our life is short and I'm so aware of death like like the fact that life is not guaranteed the fact that like we are headed towards death every single moment that we are alive even though like if you think about it, that could be a source of so much pain. But because of that pain of knowing that everything here on this earth is temporary, it's like a blink of an eye. It's like our life is a mist in a way. It makes me want to appreciate it even more and to really, really take everything in. Because I know like everything is not guaranteed. Like who knows? Like who knows where we're headed, you know? Who knows if we're headed towards World War III or what's going to happen? So every day that I'm awake, I'm like, I'm alive. I'm here. Like, I can't, I could call my parents. My parents are still alive. I can still talk to them. Like, I have friends. Like, I have Bonnie Kim here in this living room, in my living room here with me. And, like, the fact that I can talk right now, who knows? Like, one day I might lose my voice. Like, I don't know, you know? Like, there was a season of my life, like, where I had really bad coughing or I was really sick and I couldn't even say anything without coughing. And I, it makes me, because I remember those painful moments of like what it's like to not even be able to talk like I, I am right now. Like I want to use my voice for something that matters. I want to put out something that's going to encourage someone because I'm alive today, because I get to do this. So I think because there is pain, because there are there is brokenness, like it makes me want to do this. And like, even like in terms of brokenness, like I started this whole journey because of my own quarter life crisis of feeling like so lost and confused and stuck and miserable and hopeless in terms of what I'm supposed to be doing in my life, feeling so purposeless, so directionless and so like lost and you know like because of that pain of me crying and being like god like what the heck am I supposed to do like I thought I was doing everything correct but like my life is not what I what I thought it would be because of that pain I started this podcast I started doing coaching because I've realized that there's so many other people who are feeling that way. And I felt like, hey, like I want people to know that they're not alone, that there is a way out, that you don't have to stay stuck forever and that that's not the end of the story. And because I have people in my life who helped me and guided me through that season, I want to be that for someone. So in a way, like every pain, every suffering, if you let it, you can use that as one of your greatest source of power to help other people, a power of empathy to better understand each other. And the pain and the suffering can be something that you use to really love people better. Yeah, totally agree. I think, um, I think that's something that's also important about pain and suffering is that the sooner that we realize that it is it is a part of our life that mm -hmm. we can't we can't always seek to 
live a comfortable life as the main motivator for living. Mm -hmm. The more we build resilience and we can actually go uh, beyond and above what's painful, Mm -hmm. right? Because if you think about... If you, ever since was a baby, you were just surrounded by fluffy pillows and soft, <laughs> soft furry things mm. all the way up until you're 20 years old. Mm. Just kind of a weird example, but <laughs> <laughs> um, the moment all of that just suddenly takes, is taken away from you and you're mm. feeling the harshness of the wind or the sun or <clears throat> bumping into something, it is so traumatizing to feel yeah. that kind of experience and you almost will have a mental breakdown. Yeah. You don't know how to handle it. Yeah. Yeah. Completely. And, you know, we sometimes, there are people and there are individuals in different, not maybe in, um, of course, not in this example, unless, mm. I don't know. I don't, I don't think anybody has that kind of experience with pillows or whatever, <laughs> but if mm. you've grown up in this, in a way where you mm. have been protected in one area of your life, whether Financially, you were okay all of your life, right? You were mm. always taken care of by your parents or whoever mm. it was, or it could be where you just never had a problem with looks. So you're always mm. very well endowed physically, and mm. you know everybody loved you and gave you favors because you just you know good looking, mm. or um, you know you're always so smart, mm. and you it was so much easier for you than other classmates and etc etc right but then what Mm. happens what happens when your beauty fades Mm. and then you become terrified because you're not maybe getting that attention that you're used to that you depended on or then you end up going you know into this spiral of who am I without this or Mm. needing to you know improve your looks Mm. right whatever extreme measures it could take or um Financially, your parents don't support you anymore for some reason. Now mm. you're 25, they've taken all support from you, and now you just don't know how to live. You don't even know how to work at a job because mm. you never had to. So the train is coming at you of life of if if we don't choose to accept little responsibilities always even mm. if it's painful, we just don't know uh, later on. And that's not to say you're going to go out and looking for painful experiences, mm. right? And just, you know, throw yourself in very hard situations. I don't think that's the solution, but at least being aware of where our own privileges are yeah. helps to then take steps towards how can I also utilize the privileges that I have to give that kind of uh, care and blessing to someone else and in that way learn how to experience their pain and uh, suffering so that I could shoulder the burden of their Mm. pain and by doing that I can experience their pain um, on on adjacently maybe not directly but at least adjacently and being aware and that might be a good way just to help grow in that pain tolerance yeah no that's so good um like I'm just reminded like as you're saying like everything in a way 
it has to do with where you're ba- where you're basing your identity on. Because if you think about it, like if you grew up pampered and not having any suffering in your life, in a way you're basing your identity. If you're basing your identity based on all these things that are nice to you. And then when all those things are all of a sudden taken away, which one day it will be, you know, like one day, like as you live life, like things happen. And when those things happen, like you would, it's like your sense of identity is shaken. And I remember having a conversation actually um, pretty recently with my mom about this because my mom kind of, she's, you know, in her early 60s now. But now she's recognizing that she's kind of, in a way, like most of her life been pampered. Because my mom is the youngest daughter out of, like, I don't know, like many siblings. I think like eight siblings or something. And she's like the youngest daughter. My grandfather, um, he, we, our family ran an orphanage. So it was like a big, you know, big family, you know, with all these like, children in the orphanage and my mom being the youngest daughter of the you know owner of the orphanage like she was from all the siblings everyone just loved her and her sisters my aunts they're all really nice so they're always like taking care of her and they would call her like princess in a way and all that stuff so my mom used to like now she's like reflecting back and she's recognizing she's like yeah, you know, like all my life, like I've always heard from people that I'm so pretty. I've always heard from people like how lovely I am. And she's heard so many good things. But now like as she's older and she's like having conflict with with people at work or like, you know, like different different situations where she feels like, oh, I'm not being pampered anymore. Like I'm not, no one's like, like not everyone's like looking out for me and like taking care of me, all that stuff. Cause my mom, she, she generally like, she has this personality. She's very lovable. She's very sociable. So like everyone, I always grew up too, like looking at my mom thinking like, wow, everyone loves her. But when now, like when she's realizing and she's having like navigating through different conflicts and relationships, my mom was telling me how, when those things happen, like she felt so like broken and stressed and depressed in in some ways because she like didn't know how to handle it and my mom was telling me like yeah you know I think like I'm more sensitive because like I've I've been so used to hearing such good things I've been so used to everyone liking me in in some sense so she was saying like yeah I think like it's good to have this kind of resilience to like build that up when you're younger and like my mom so my mom was telling me that and like yeah I think that is so true like you need to build that resilience or else like you're gonna it's gonna be so hard and like in thinking about this I was actually thinking about you know even like really unfortunate events of like some like Korean, big Korean famous celebrities who committed suicide. And that was so heartbreaking for me when I found that out because I thought like they were always just so loved. But it made me realize like, wow, these celebrities, they came on screen when they were so young 
and they were so well loved on like they were the most popular in the group or whatever that I feel like in the moment when as they're growing older and they're realizing oh like oh some some people actually don't like me or like when they feel like like people in the media are all of a sudden turning away from they don't know how to handle that because they've been so used to being showered with love so I see that and I realize like wow these celebrities probably like it was so miserable for them because they didn't they weren't able to build up that resilience of like handling criticism and handling being not liked so and so that's like one thing that I was that I thought about like identity where you're basing your identity and then the another thing was like how are you perceiving these bad events when that happened to you because in many sense like you can perceive things and be like okay like my life is over I'm gonna die like you know like game over or like I lost all my money and now like that because I lost my money that means I'm worthless you can perceive it that way and that's like a terrible way to you know interpret the situation that way or you can take the bad situation the hardship the suffering and then you can interpret it a different way and be like okay, like this is something that's been given to me so that I can grow and become stronger. Or like this challenge has been given to me so that I can overcome it because there's a lot of people who are dealing with this challenge. And by me being someone who can overcome it, I I will be the person who helps other people. So like it's a same situation, but different interpretations. And that, like, just that, like, the way that you interpret the situation makes you a stronger, more resilient person. Yeah, I think you're extremely resilient in that, in that way. Oh, thank you. (laughs) We were talking about earlier Mm -hmm. how, how Sharon and I, um, we process, sometimes process pain differently. Mm -hmm. Um, It's kind of, it's kind of ridiculous almost. (laughs) Uh, So for me... I tend to kind of sometimes be a robot where there are things that happen. I don't really tend to immediately get emotional about it or I don't really feel like, oh, no, that's so sad, you know. Mm. Um, But then there are certain moments where usually with the art, something creative, like listening to a song Mm. or um, I'm watching a movie or I'm just going through a hard time, my mind immediately goes to thinking about how terrible it is for other people, how much Mm. they are also suffering. So even though in just a normal day, if someone tells me something very sad about war, I will look at what's going on and I'll feel sad. Like, oh, this is very unfortunate. This is sad. Kind of like a robot a little bit. But the moment... um, I'm in a sad mood for some reason, from some random other reason, then I will think about the war and then Mm. I'll start crying and Mm. thinking about why are they suffering so much? I'm suffering too. I understand they're suffering. I wish Mm. I could help them. And it's kind of ridiculous. And it happens even when I'm watching movies at the theater and I start crying because I think Mm. so sad, so sad. Right. And, um, Yeah, it is very, very strange. Whereas I think Sharon is such a different way. It was like, Sharon, you want to share? (laughs) Yeah, 
So <laughs> we're talking about, you know, when I think about the pain um, of things like war and people dying and things like that, I think the way that I interpret it, like it, it makes me cry in the sense where my heart gets fired up for like a solution of like, what can we do? Like, how can we live? Like, for example, um, like, uh, I guess like one, one thing was like, I remember watching this Korean movie, um, I think it's called 1988 or like the, when the day comes, it's like this Korean movie about, um, the time when like a lot of like college students in Korea, like Yonsei, SNU, like these college students like fought and even gave up their life in the fight for democracy and for Korea. Um, and I remember like watching that movie and like seeing people dying and like the injustice of like the police just like beating them and all these stuff makes me so sad but I come out of it and like I'm crying but with passion of like what are we our generation doing like there's like young people in history who fought for freedom who like gave up their life and were like going through such a difficult time and like we are and I look around and I look at people my age and we're just so depressed because people don't like our photos on Instagram. You know, like, <laughs> it's like ridiculous if you yeah. think about it. Like, and for, and there's all these people who are giving their life up. And like, even now, like, if you think about what's going on in Ukraine, like, like these, the males are being left behind or while like the, the women, the children are, you know, going to Poland or, you know, taking shelter. But it's so sad, like, seeing families being separated and, like, these people are going out there and, like, fighting. And, you like, there's videos of people literally, like, laying their life down in front of a tank because they're defending their country. And, like, oh, my God, this, like, talking about it makes me want to cry and, like, makes me feel fired up because I'm like, man, like, people, like, people are fighting for their life. Like, this is actually going on right now in real time in like a different part of the world and here like we're just like sometimes it makes me think about like what does it look like when we a lot of us like when we're fighting for justice is like what that looks like for us is to comment on someone's instagram and be like you suck you're a terrible person you know and it's like really is that is that what fighting for justice looks like to you and like canceling people or even like little like i don't know stupid things that celebrities do you know and they just feel so righteous like we gotta cancel this person and then like people think it's fighting for justice to like tell someone to go kill yourself because they made a mistake on social media or something, you know? I'm like, no, that's not what justice looks like. Like, I feel like it like makes me fired up because I see the pain, I see the world, I see the suffering. And also I'm like, man, I see like our generation, my generation, 
millennials, Gen Z, and I'm thinking like we could do so much better. And like also like in recognizing this, like man, we've been given so much. Like in America, for example, like we have so much, but in so many ways we're so complacent and we're so ungrateful and we're so like unsatisfied and we just want more and more and more and it's like man like there's people who are losing their country who are fighting to defend their country and it's heartbreaking and especially for me like I'm thinking like as Koreans like because we've experienced this pain of like another country ruthlessly invading our country you know and like the suffering that we've been through I feel like hey like as people who know the know our history know what our grandparents fought for and the lives and the blood that was shed to give us this current life that we have it makes me feel like we have a responsibility to do the best that we can to live our life to give our life for something for the betterment of the world like it makes me feel like okay because i've been given this life and like this was i like this was not cheap like the life that i have like even for me as a korean like i am here in america today because of all the sacrifices from my grand grandparents great grandparents and all the people who fought to give us this life and there's still like the other half of the country in North Korea are still in that world. And it's like, you have to realize when you look at suffering, you have to put things in perspective. And I think instead of just like, like, yes, you can, yes, like feel that sadness, but I think I channel that into like, what can we do? And then um, Bonnie was saying it was kind of ridiculous because... <laughs> when I'm like even like because she was saying how um <laughs> like I think because of my positivity of just how I like <laughs> I guess interpret the world and like how I live this world so like an example was like when I hurt myself like whenever I hit my knee on the corner of something or whenever I hurt myself and that pain is just screaming out to me immediately what I think about. I don't know why. Immediately I think about, well, like, I bet it would hurt so much more if I was shot. And then I, I think about, I compare my pain to something that, that's even more extreme of like, it's so extreme that in that moment, like immediately I forget my own pain. <laughs> So, like, I hit myself and I'm immediately like, oh, but it would hurt more if I was shot. And then I'm like, oh, yeah, I don't, this doesn't hurt that bad. So, I guess I'm always, like, putting my, my world and even my pain in perspective. And in a way, that's how I navigate my world. And I think that's why um, I guess I can be very positive and joyful in the midst of all the darkness which you know this that was the intro for this podcast of like how do we have joy in a world that is full of pain it's like hey put things in perspective 
and then it just makes you realize like oh yeah it could be so much worse <laughs> I need to be at Sharon Han level of perceiving pain if I hit my knee or if I go through pain I was telling her my natural inclination is to think about all those other people who are suffering with knee hitting pain and you're just like oh yeah and I go and I think like how can people go through life (laughs) just getting so hurt all the time and then Mm. I just start crying about it and thinking about what could be done Mm. should we have a campaign against Mm. knee hitting or what could be done but it's like a different way I think See, but you channel but, uh-huh. it. We both channel it for a solution, uh-huh. but you channel it like, okay, well, you know, where if it's yeah, knee pain, yeah. and then you think about like, oh, we need to do something. But I think mine is like this, like righteousness of like, mm. why are these corners so sharp? <laughs> it shouldn't be like this. There's I need to, <laughs> I need to make something. I need to create a company that creates, <laughs> creates a cushion for the corners. The corners, like the baby little yeah. bumpers, or yeah. you know, there should be a policy in place that, <laughs> that helps people not suffer. So many people mm. are suffering because of this. Yeah. Um, it's kind of ridiculous. But my mind immediately yeah. goes to like intense, yeah. like. But you know, I think like that's so beautiful about the way that I feel like God has wired everyone so differently because I think the way that you're wired and the way that you think in that way and like the way that you go through those pain and suffering is like a place of so much empathy. You're placing yourself in other people's shoes and you're feeling their pain and you're understanding them. And I think that is so important. Like we need people like like you who do that, who are able to empathize with people like that and to in a way like suffer with them <laughs> in pain and to be like, hey, hey brother, hey sister, I'm there. I I feel your pain, <laughs> you know? Because I think, yeah, like we need that. And then there's like people like me who the way that I've been wired is like with so much more like with so much positivity and joy in a way of like, hey, like, you're going to get through this. Like, wanting to encourage people. (laughs) And so I think like, like, there is no one way, but because we're so different, like, we need people who are able to react to pain differently so that it can help people differently. Because, for example, like, there are people who, who need people like me who are able to like encourage and to like speak life and to be like hey like when you fall you gotta get back up again like you can do this (laughs) and like just like being a cheerleader for them (laughs) and then there's people who who like need someone to sit with and who who need someone to be there with them and to to just acknowledge their pain right because yeah like people heal differently and people are able to be inspired and de- by different things. And so that's why we need everyone to be able to really step into the way that they've been created to be instead of like trying to be one way or the other because like you have something that you can offer to the world because of the way that you uniquely think or because of the way that you uniquely process pain. And even for people who feel like, like, oh, I feel like I'm, like, this is, I, 
when I am facing hard situations, it's so hard for me. And it's so like painful for me. Why can't I just get over it? I think even for those people too, like if you dig deeper, maybe there's something to be uncovered, like a good purpose behind that. Even the things that you don't feel grateful for, maybe there is a purpose behind that too. If you really look into that and to think about it, like there is a story that's being written in your life. There's a story of pain and suffering, but your story is not over yet. And there is something that's going to come after if you lean in and keep walking and seeing, you know, and searching, like, like, what is the purpose of this pain? What is the purpose of this? Like, right, like, through it all, I think life is a journey and through pain, through suffering, through painful experiences, we are becoming someone. And my hope also is that we allow people to grow through their pain, through all these different things. Because uh, I'm kind of like jumping around. My mind is kind of scattered. But I think one thing is like, even when it comes to people like celebrities and, you know, influencers or whatever, when they make mistakes and they say things that's terrible, terrible, I hope that these people can also learn, use that as like a, a learning experience. And also that people like listeners and like, you know, just like audiences, they're, followers would also give them grace to grow and so I think yeah we have to grow through pain and also we have to allow other people to grow and to show grace for people to grow and to like help people do that as well totally yeah preach sister (laughs) preach (laughs) Yeah. So, um, any last thing you want to share with my listeners, um, on like, how can we love in a world that is so broken? I think it's important to be okay with the fact that you can't rescue this world. Mm, wow yes our job is not to rescue this world Mm. lest it crushes us from Mm. the weight of how hard it is and broken and sad it is but our job is to know our place in this world and Mm. what area what container what opportunity what resource or gift that we're stewarding could be one piece of the puzzle that is part of a larger puzzle of what God is doing and what other people around you and far from you are doing Mm. that adds to the solution. So if you feel very fired up right now, even thinking about something that you really wanted to support or tackle or bring some solution to, 
maybe this is an opportunity for you to take some time to not think of it as I need to save this person, this company, this project, whatever it is, but take a step back to, to think about where specifically is my role and which piece of this puzzle am I supposed to participate in for this time? And in doing that, it's actually a form of surrender and trust and faith in God, that God is taking care of the rest of the whole world and not us. Mm, that's so, so good. Know that you cannot, like, you, you don't have to put the burden of, like, trying to save the world, but you can do, like, what you can do. Like, you have that small piece of puzzle in your hand and you're just responsible for that small piece of the puzzle right you don't have to feel overwhelmed and be like I have to do everything you just have to play your part where you're at okay yeah and also like I wanted to say like this is something that I shared on my Instagram story but I was reading um the Bible this week and this really stood out to me. It said it's from first John three, verse seventeen through eighteen. It says, If anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need, but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with action and in truth. And this really spoke to me because it's like, oh, like if you have like material possessions. If you have something that someone is in need of, like, I think how to love is like, hey, you have something that someone ha someone needs. You can share that, right? And also, like, don't love. Love is not just by words or speech. Love is not just, like, saying for example, like sharing something on Ukraine and be like, pray for them or, you know, just like by words. Yes, that could be helpful. But like if you have something that someone needs, like you can donate, you can help out some way, you know, or it's like you have to love with action and in truth. So what does it look like for you to love in this time, like with action and I think that's something that you can really think about it's not like give what you don't have but it's like hey look at what you do have and see how you can give and like if you have a friend if you have a friend who is from Ukraine like reach out to them and like for me like I'm there's a there's a CEO like a founder that I like connected with um and he's from Ukraine and he shared on his story Instagram story about his hometown thing bond and it's so sad but like if you know someone in that who's there or who who has family there like reach out to them send them a message and be like hey like how are you like how's your family like what can I do to help and how can I help how can I support what can I do and I think those little things help right like just loving Really, it's like, how can you love with action, not just with words and speech? So, yeah. Um, 
So last thing, this is, you know, the question that I ask everyone on my podcast, and I know you've answered this before, but in light of just everything that we've talked about, if you were to write a letter to millennials, a letter that begins with these two words, dear millennials, what would you say or write? Dear millennials, suffer well. Wow. That's good. Mic drop. (laughs) Suffer well. Yeah, that's good. And to know, like, lean into that, like, what does it mean to suffer well? And let's suffer well together because there will be sufferings in life. There will be pain in life for sure. But hey, we can all suffer through it together, come out of it stronger, and become more resilient. So let's suffer well together. Right, Bonnie? (laughs) Can I change it? Okay, if you want to. Dear millennials, suffer boldly. Oh. Be brave when you suffer. Don't run away. Mm Mm-mm. Go straight into it. That's good. Snaps. Hi. Thanks, Bonnie, for being here um, and sharing your words and for us to just, like, have this time to process pain and suffering together and to reflect on what it means to love and to have hope in this world that feels so broken. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Bye, everyone. Bye. See you next week.